0: Good morning, 11 a.m. How are you doing? Good, great. They told me to lead with something that I was comfortable with. So, Victory Family, I've got a couple announcements for us this morning. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've got more than announcements for us today. Uh, as Pastor Mo introduced me, my name is Nathan Emmons. If you haven't met me, I'm part of the team around here, I'm part of our pastoral team. Uh, my wife, and our son is with us today. He is two and a half months old. He's rocking his victory Midtown onesie. Hopefully he can make it through this service. We'll find out. Uh, My wife and I are actually from the flat state of Indiana. That means nobody in here is from Indiana. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, And we're excited to be with you today. My wife and I actually just Oh, it's already up here. My wife and I just had our first Christmas as parents. That's a beautiful picture, but you have no idea how long it took to get that picture. And it was fun for Christmas this year because we didn't do anything. We just chilled in our PJs. It was a great Christmas. And I hope that you had a very good Christmas as well, uh, especially as we're in this series of coming home for Christmas. And last week, we had an awesome opportunity to hear Pastor Mo talk about the greatest gift that we could unwrap for Christmas in Jesus. And then if you were at any of our Christmas Eve services, you saw countless people make the decision to follow Jesus and come home to him for Christmas. Can we just celebrate all the people that may have made that decision in the past week? That's exciting and As we close out our series today, what I realized is Christmas was last week, and we're in a Christmas series. Everybody made the decision last week, and I feel like I got the short end of the stick. But here's what I found as I started to pray about this, and God started to speak to me about this. What I realized is that there is more that God wants to do in us in 2020. See, God wants to develop us in 2020 because he has a greater destination for us. You can say amen again. God has a greater destination for us in 2020. I don't know what your 2019 looked like, but God has a greater destination for us in 2020. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are already in this place. We pray right now that we are ready to receive what you have for us today. Father, we know that 2020 is a new year, but it is a new decade. And you have called us to greater destinations. I pray that we receive that today and step into the plan you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So a few years ago, my wife and I decided it's time to buy our first house. We had been renting an apartment for most of our marriage, and it was time to get out of apartment living and move into ownership. And so we sat down and we decided, what do we want our house to be? We started to create a list. And those of you that have maybe bought a home, you may have done the same thing. We sat down and we said, we want a good school system for our future children. We want a place where our family can come and not have to sleep on the couch when they visit us. We want a place that we can create a safe environment for people to feel like they can come and be themselves. We wanted to create a place for our friends could come and connect with us and we could have community. And so we worked on this list and we created this list and then it was time to start looking for the house. And you know, we had our Zillow app that we're looking through. We were meeting with our realtors. We're going to house after house until finally one day we found the house. And we started doing, if you have bought a house before, the mountains and mountains, did I say mountains, of paperwork that you have to do. It feels like a joke, it really does. And what happened is we get through this process and then one day we're sitting at a table and they slide a key across to us. And we go, oh, this is it, we're done, we've got the key, we're excited and we took the key to our brand new house and, My wife and I, you saw our dog in the picture. We picked our dog up. We get in the car and we drove to the house. But before we could go into the house, we had to do one thing. We had to get out and take a picture for Instagram (laughs) and just caption it simply, did a thing today. (laughs) And then so Allie and I take our key. We put it in the lock. We unlock the door and walk into the house for the first time. And a responsibility fell on us. Because, see, in that moment of us walking into that house, it was no longer just a house. It was our house. And so Ali and I have this list of all the things we believe we're gonna do in this house. But when we walked into the house, we realized something. This house is empty. Where's the furniture? The paint was terrible. Somebody decided it was a good idea to put wallpaper in the master bedroom. We had to get more furniture. We had to, there was things that this house needed before we, could do, before we could do the things on our list. One of the most important things we had to do was we had to get a lawnmower and pick up the water that fell on the ground. We had to get a lawnmower because we lived in the suburbs. City people You don't know what that's like i understand but so we had this full list of things that we wanted to do but we realized when we took our first step into that house that it was going to take some development to get our house where it needed to go and i think this this process of buying a house can relate really well to where we're at in our spiritual lives some of us in here today maybe you haven't made that decision to follow christ yet You're still in that season of, I'm going to rent this. I'm going to rent this idea. And so you're looking on Zillow still. You're checking houses out, trying to figure out, is this what I want to do? Maybe like Allie and I, you've made the decision, and you've bought that house, and now you're walking into it for the first time realizing this is my house, and you've got some work to do. Or maybe you've been at this a long time. Maybe you've got your house the way that it needs to be, you're able to hit some of those things on your list. And today, maybe God's telling you, it's time to develop this a little further. There's some renovation projects we can do in this house. It's time to finish that basement out. It's time to add that pool. It's time to do some work in our house because I have greater destinations for you. And so what Allie and I realized in this moment is that much like we're gonna realize in our spiritual lives, simply coming home to our new home shouldn't be where we stop. The same thing goes for our spiritual life. Making the decision to follow Jesus shouldn't be where we stop. See, if we simply stay here, we'll never really know who God is in our life. We'll never experience the fullness of who he is let me show you how we do this. In Ephesians 3.17, it says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. The key word here is trust. Christ will make a home in our hearts as we learn to trust in him. When we trust into that development, when we allow God to start to shape us, to start to mold us, what well, we realize that those roots take hold and we start to know who God is more. If we simply stop there, then what happens is we start settling for the current destination and then we're not able to reach the greater destination because we haven't developed ourselves. Let me show you. I played football in middle school. And when I say I played football, I was not the the all-star athlete that Pastor Moe was. No, when I say I played football, I mean I sat on the bench during the games. And my goal, my destination, was that I wanted to get in this game. So I would go to the practices, I would put in all my effort, and I was waiting for that day when the coach would call my name. And that day came. The coach said, hey, we're, we need to try something different. We need to do something a little different. And he said, Emmons, because they call you by your last name in football. He said, Emmons, we're going to run a play with you. It's called a double reverse. Now, if you're not familiar with a double reverse, it's where the quarterback hikes the ball. Wide receiver one begins running behind the quarterback, and the quarterback pops the ball up to the receiver. This receiver then runs with the ball this way as wide receiver two, this is me, comes this way, wide receiver one pops the ball up, wide receiver two, me, catches it and tries to run in for an end zone. So here I am, I'm in the game, I'm hyped. I finally made it, the coach called my name, the defender has no idea what's about to happen to him and like clockwork, quarterback hikes the ball. I'm like, ooh, here it comes. Wide receiver one comes down. Quarterback pops the ball up. I go, it's my time. And here I go, I'm running. My hands go up, I'm ready for this. I am in the game and the ball goes in the air and I tackle my own wide receiver. (laughs) The ball falls back this way. The other team scoops it up and runs it into the end zone. Ending my middle school football career any chance I had of playing in the NFL, unless it's for the Falcons. (laughs) I'm kidding, I'm kidding, that was dirty. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. See, I was so focused on the destination of getting in the game that I missed the development That would have taken me to the greater destination of the end zone. See, development is important. Development is important. When we look at the destination versus development, we see a couple things. See, the destination says, I have arrived. But the development says, I am growing. The destination says, it's a single moment in time. But development is the journey to that moment. See, destination says, what do I need to do? But development says, who do I need to become? Let's look at it a different way. See, the destination is the plan God has for us. But the development is what God needs to do in us to be ready for the plan he has for us. You heard Pastor Mo just a minute ago talk about this Christmas gift to the world. And if you've been with us a while, you know that we're looking for that that destination of a permanent location. And we're getting getting excited about this because what that means is it means we're going to be able to meet during the week. What it means is that we're going to be able to have greeters outside. That we're going to be able to have parking lot outside. What it means is that we're going to be able to be outside. We're going to be able to have a cafe. But see, that's not Midtown's greater destination. That's just a destination along the way. See, if you've been paying attention, our greater destination has been in this room the entire time. It's right over here to my left, these pillars. See, our greater destination here at Midtown is building strong families in Midtown. Our greater destination in Midtown is transforming the community of Midtown. Our greater destination is reconciling the immense diverse cultures that are here in Midtown. And our greater destination here at Midtown is to transform leaders, develop and raise up and send them out so that they can impact the nations. See, if we only stop at the destination, we never get the full benefit when the greater destination comes. And that's because we don't lean into the development. See, development shows you where you're not ready. Development is that moment where you say, I'm gonna try to get better at something I'm not really that good at right now. Development is what's needed to get to that greater destination. And what we have to recognize is that God wants to know us and he wants us to know him. And the only way we can do that is by leaning in to his greatness and his development. Like Allie and I, when we walked into our house for the first time, we didn't really know where to start. And I think the same thing applies when we look at our spiritual lives and we go, God, where do we start? I just made this decision last week at our Christmas Eve service, and now there's all these things that I could do, but I'm not sure what my next step is. So today what we're gonna do is we're actually gonna focus on three areas that we are gonna develop in our spiritual home so that no matter where we go, we can walk into our greater destination. The first point we're gonna hit is community, community. See, we live in a world today that it is so easy to fall into social isolation. And what do I mean by that? It's easy for us right now to come home from work to sit down in front of the TV and watch Netflix, watch Hulu, watch Disney Plus, wherever you want. And in the meantime, we actually could take our phone out and we can order food from Grubhub, from Uber Eats, from DoorDash to all these restaurants that normally we would have to get in our car, drive to and sit and be waited on. But well, that's not all. Maybe you're not in the mood for a restaurant food. See, you can actually have Publix, Walmart, Kroger deliver food directly to your front door. Don't worry about going to a store anymore. Amazon Prime has everything we need. Oh, yeah, and if we want, we can catch up with our friends and see how they're really doing, a real perspective, by just simply going onto Instagram. See, isolation is dangerous. We use isolation as a punishment in prison. The whole goal of this is that we take an inmate out of social contact, put him by himself, and what begins to happen is you lose your will to continue. And we wonder why depression is so high in America right now. Because day after day, we're coming home from our jobs and willingly putting ourselves into social isolation. And what's difficult with this idea of social isolation is that as humans, we are social creatures. Take a look at this in Acts 2. It says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. See, when we read that scripture, we understand that we were created to live in community. We were created to break bread with one another. We were created to be there for one another. When we forsake the community, we can miss the entire picture of God's greater destination in our life. Allie and I, we led a small group early on in our marriage. And in that small group, what we would see is new people would come and go. And uh, when we would ask them, how did you get here? They would say, well, Pastor Dennis told me it was time to be in small groups. I saw it on this thing. I wanted to make new friends. No matter what area they were coming into, what we found is that over time when we would have these meetings together and we would begin to discuss real issues, we'd begin to go, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I don't know how to do. What we would begin to see is those people would not only start coming to church more frequently, but they would start serving, they would start getting plugged in, And more than anything else, they would begin to understand who God is in them and walk into that greater destination. See, community promotes development. Community promotes development. Let's look in Hebrews. In Hebrews 12, 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run run with endurance the race set out for us. See, when we get around the right type of people, when we put the right type of people in our lives, there is nothing, nothing that can hinder our development. Community promotes development. Community promotes development. I don't know where you're at with small group, if that's something you've considered. Maybe you have considered it, maybe you're still waiting for that push. I'm telling you today, no matter what you do, community promotes our development. And lack of community can totally cancel our greater destination. So community promotes development. The second point we're gonna hit today is commitment. Commitment. See, anything worth doing in life requires commitment you want to get a degree you've got to spend years in school you want to get fit you want to lose some weight you've got to commit to working out but you've also got to commit to eating right and you can't just do it for a day or a week you've got to commit to the lifestyle of being healthy you want a relationship with someone maybe you want to get married You've got to commit to getting to know the other person. You've got to know what they like, what they don't like. But more importantly, you've got to commit to the lifestyle of being someone that deserves that other person. See, when we see these documentaries on TV of all these different famous people, athletes, celebrities uh, that are successful, what we see is the same exact thing when we ask them, how did you get here? They said, I committed to the gifts I had inside of me. I committed to the gifts I have inside of me. It's a lot like that with our spiritual lives because when we, when we walk into this house for the first time, when we accept Jesus, when we start this relationship with Jesus, it can be really easy to look at it and go, I've, I've arrived. But really what God's asking is he said, do you want to know me? Because I have greater things for you If you just start to know me more. How do we do these things? We do this by reading our Bible. We do this by spending time with God. And that may be a weird phrase for you to say, but maybe that looks like I'm going to spend 10 minutes in the morning reading my Bible. If you still feel like it's weird to pray, maybe you say, I'm going to read 10 minutes in the Word, and then I'm going to journal about what I read for 10 minutes. Maybe it's like what we just heard Pastor Mo talk about with this seven days of fasting. Maybe it's dialing in and taking ourselves out of the normalcy of life and saying, God, I'm going to open myself up to what you have for me so that you can show me that greater destination. Whatever it is, one thing is true. We have to fight to know who God is and make sure that that is a priority in our life. I'm becoming more and more of a documentary person. I don't know if you guys like documentaries, uh, but I just, I like the knowledge. I like reading some stuff and seeing different things play out. And the other day, I was watching a documentary on vultures. Totally random, right? Totally random. And I don't know about you, but I had not seen a vulture in real life. And when I started to see these images of vultures, I became terrified, Actually, I think that we have a picture of a vulture. Oh, yeah. See, it looks like just a bird, but let me give you some of the documentary facts. (laughs) See, did you know that vultures can eat anything? No matter how long it's been dead, no matter how much decay it has, no matter how many diseases it's infested with. Gross. A vulture his wingspan can go to 11 feet long. A vulture's beak can break bones. And the craziest fact of all is that a vulture can literally smell death. There's something about a dying body that's breaking down that releases enzymes into the air, and a vulture can smell it. Hence why we see vultures circling, dying animals. And so now I've got this picture of a vulture in my head, this giant bird that can break bones, that's immune to every disease, and can literally smell death. None of us are going to sleep tonight. (laughs) But the documentary continued. See, vultures will only eat something that's dead. Vultures are carnivores But they're not predators. So what that means is vultures don't actually kill. All right, everybody breathe. We can sleep well tonight. See, vultures are actually terrified of pretty much everything. In fact, if a vulture sees movement, if he sees life in something, he will flee. So much so that if you were to sneak up on a vulture while it was eating and he saw you, the vulture would physically vomit up what it was eating so that it could fly away faster. See, I don't think you're you're getting it because I think that there are vultures in our lives. I'm not saying a physical vulture that's flying around. But I'm saying, how many times have we made a commitment and then failed to follow through with the development and our commitment died? And just like clockwork, that vultures in our life, whether it's a voice in your head, whether it's someone you know, can smell our failure. And they start to say things to us. I knew you weren't good enough. You weren't smart enough to go back to school. You were never really going to lose that weight. You're too lazy. You were never going to get that promotion. You're not good enough. And what happens over time is that these failures to commit build up. We had dreams at one time, and we've given up on those dreams. Some of us in here, you've heard God speak to you at an early age. He called you to something. And day after day after day, we failed to commit to what God wanted for us. And we're right here laying on the ground dying while the vultures circle us. But see, when we understand the full picture, we understand that a vulture is really only a threat when we give up. I don't think you heard that because if you heard that, I think you'd start to get excited. Because you see, when we've made this decision to follow Christ, the living God, the living God has made a home in us. You don't get it yet because if you got it, you would understand that the living God means that when we're laying down on the ground over here, trying to figure out how we can get out of the hole, all he's saying is that son, daughter, there is life in you. And all we have to do is stand up, get up and take our first step, whatever it looks like. I'm going to spend five minutes reading my Bible today. I'm going to spend ten minutes reading my Bible today. I'm going to start journaling today. I'm going to start talking to you, God. I'm going to get in a small group. And what begins to happen is now we're living for God. We're telling other people about God. We're seeing how God interacts in us and through us to other people. What begins to happen is the, the voices change. The voices change, and what we begin to hear is, you were good enough. I knew that you were going to get that promotion. I cannot believe how much weight you've lost. We begin to see things because God starts to work through us. We understand that it's not us. It's God who lives in us. And we walk into our greater destination. The vultures have to flee, and it's replaced with the knowing God better. So when we look at commitment, commitment is the way that we follow through with our development. And then the third point is discipleship. Discipleship, that's a meaty word. If you've been around victory a while, you've heard us say discipleship quite a bit. But discipleship, discipleship is becoming more like God. Discipleship is caring about what God cares about. Discipleship is prioritizing what God prioritizes. And discipleship is treating people the way that God would treat them. See, at Victory, we've actually developed a discipleship path, something that you could look at and go, this is my next step, or these are some steps. And I think we have a slide that we're going to put up. And so this doesn't have to take place in any order. And maybe you look at this and you go, Nathan, I'm already doing those things. Maybe you're here today and you made a commitment today. Maybe you made a commitment last week and you're going, I don't know what my next step is. Your next step is baptism. Your next step is new members class. See, some of you are still looking at this slide going, okay, I've seen this, but what am I supposed to do with that? I've made it easy for you. Can we throw that next slide up? I've taken every event, every discipleship step path, and put it up here for the next quarter. So if you're following along on version, if you need to take your phone out and take a picture of it, These are great next steps. Some of you didn't even know we had some of this stuff here at Victory. See, we've got marriage classes. Maybe you're here today and your marriage is struggling. Maybe you're here and you just want to take your marriage to another level. Every Sunday night at our Norcross location, tonight at 6 p.m. Maybe you're in here today and your finances are out of whack. And you can't even see the greater destination because you see all the development that has to take place in my budget to get out of the debt that we're in. Every single Sunday, 1 p.m. at our Norcross location, financial classes. Maybe you're in here today and you've got kids. And you didn't even know we had this because we've got this ministry called Victory at Home. And this is for kids, maybe it's a newborn, maybe you have kids in high school and everywhere in between. I know for me, when my son was born two and a half months ago, some magical switch did not flip to say, you are a great parent, you will go out and your kid will serve Jesus for all of eternity. No, that didn't happen. I have to be taught how to parent. And some of us never were taught how to parent our children. So we have a ministry called Victory at Home that teaches us these principles. See, when we start on this discipleship path and we begin to develop a specific path for me, a specific path for you, not just doing what the next person is doing, but where is God really leading you? Then we start to develop our own path that God is developing specific things that he needs us to get. And what begins to happen, just like in our home, if we start to do renovation projects and we start to finish the basement and we start to add a pool, we start to add another bathroom, what begins to happen is we add value to our home. And as we go through this discipleship path, we begin to add value to our spiritual lives. And what we realize is this discipleship is actually the tool that we are developed with. Jeremiah 29 11. You've heard it so many times before. But I want it ingrained in us. Because if we believed this verse, we wouldn't get stuck. Because it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. What we need to understand today, how it's always been, is that God has the plan. But what happens is how we lean into the development. Because how we lean in determines how the plan changes. See, we serve a good God, a God who wants to prosper us, to give us a hope, to give us a future. He's not holding us down. He has his hand out. He says, let's go. You're more than enough. I've given you everything you need. And all we have to do is take the hand, stop looking at other people, and take our first step." See, commitment is everything we need in this. When we commit to this, discipleship is the tool we use to get there. So to recap today, as we close out today, community promotes development. Commitment follows through with development. And last, discipleship is how we are developed. As we close out today, I want us to go back. I want us to go back to the, to the beginning of this message when you heard me share the story about Ali and I buying our first home. In that moment where we were sitting at the table and they slid a key across the table to us. And what I'd ask is if if you're in here today and you have a key, it can be a car key, it can be a house key, it can be a mailbox key, whatever key you have, I just ask that you take that key out for a second. Hold it in your hand. See, I want you to feel the weight of that key. I want you to see the color of that key. Is it shiny? Does it have paint on it? I want you to begin to look at the edges of that key, how it's been cut. See, because keys have to go through a process. You can't just take metal and expect it to fit in whatever you put it in. Each key has to be cut cut out for a specific lock. A specific lock that opens a specific door. See, and the funny thing about keys is, I can't go to your house with my key and unlock your door. See, in this room, all of our keys are different. You can't come to my house and unlock my door. See, the question God's asking us today is what specifically are you cut out for? What development does he need to do in your life to begin cutting away the areas that you don't need? Maybe it's community. Maybe we need to commit Maybe some of us have taken our key and put it in the junk drawer. We don't like that. I don't like that you're asking me to do something else, God. Why can't I be like them? They're happy, they look like they're living a great purpose. Why can't I do what they're doing? And God simply looks back at us and he says, because I've cut you out for a specific lock. You didn't see the development I took them through. I'm calling you to a greater destination. It's okay if you stay here, but you're going to miss out on what I have for you. So the question I ask you today is, what greater destination were you cut out for? And what steps in development do you need to do to get there? We've got to stop trying to fit into locks that we were never designed to fit in. We've got to stop looking at Instagram and trying to make copies of the keys we see there. No, what we have to do today is get up, take that first step, understand that God has made a home in us, and he's already given us everything we need to develop our key so that we can walk into 2020 different. So that 2020 is not just a new year. It's not just a new decade. But 2020 is your greater destination. Let's go ahead and bow our heads as we close out today. I don't know where you're at in this process of buying a home. I don't know if it's, maybe you still haven't bought that home. You haven't even received that key yet. And I know we already prayed earlier on when we did communion, but today if that's you, if you're in here and you would say, God, I haven't even accepted the key to the house for you to begin this development process, but I wanna know you more. I'm ready to buy into you. If that's you in here and you wanna make that decision today, will you just slip a hand up? those hands I see those hands maybe you're in here today and you've put your key in the junk drawer you made the commitment maybe we were young when you made the commitment and today God's saying son daughter it's time to take that key out of storage 2020 is going to be your year I've called you to greater things. If that's you in here and you need to take that key out of the junk drawer, will you just lift a hand up? Amen, amen, amen. Victory Midtown, if you'll just repeat this prayer with me this morning. Lord God, I thank you that you didn't give up on me. I understand that I've been cut out for a specific destination. I'm sorry for running away from it. Right now, I'd say that I'm going to turn away from my old ways of doing things. I repent for how I used to be. And I walk forward into everything you have for me. Right now, I declare that you are the Lord of my life. And I'm ready to walk this development out into the greater destination you have for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Can we celebrate the people that made that decision today? Victory family, thank you. I am excited to walk into 2020 with each and every one of you because I know that we will not stay here, but we will move forward into everything God has for us in this new decade. Thank you, amen, and goodbye. Goodbye.